0: Hello, I'm Linda Lamp, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary Ardanya, and we're holding our podcast, Let's Become a Beloved Society, Conversations Illuminating Our Path to Wholeness. We're happy to have you with us today. Today, we're going to be talking some more about compassion fatigue, and uh, we're going to go over some tools of uh, uh, that you can use to help yourself. Um, Mary, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, Did Heather give you any feedback about our conversation that would be worth sharing? Um, Nothing specific. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I have some notes that I'm going to be looking at because I I can't do this all from memory all the time. but there, there's a lot of if you Google compassion fatigue, you'll find a lot of information out there about it. I think one of the most important things to remember though is when you're in a position where you're helping someone and like we were talking about last week, and, and you can't help them, right? It's a situation where you you have no more avenues to pursue and there's nothing more that you can do for the person, but the person still really needs more help. That's I think one of the biggest places where people will experience burnout. Oh yeah. Because when you're do you have something, Mary? No, I was just agreeing oh, okay. with you. Um uh when you have something that that you're going to do every day and you constantly have this feeling that you can't help to the degree that the people need help, we tend to want to look at the world and start judging the world. And so one of the, I think, most important things to do is to work on some mind control because it's easy to look at the systems that are in place the traditional ways that we do things and the structures and the institutions and start to feel resentment and anger towards them, seeing them as the evil doers in the scenario. You know, um, right now in Alaska, applications for Medicare and Medicaid and all these things are, are backed up for months. And it's really not clear to most of us how these people are managing because they, they don't have any income and it's the government's fault. So we can get into this really angry place. And, and what I'd suggest is trying at, to do your most effort in staying out of that mental place that has you thinking angry or even hateful thoughts about institutions or forms, formats or requirements or specific people, any range of things. And that can be a really hard thing to do when you wake up in the morning and you know that you're going back to a job where you're going to have these interactions that's going to bring up these feelings. And so learning how to control our thoughts, you know, it's, it's estimated that we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. And in general, those thoughts tend to be either thinking about things that have happened in the past or thinking about things that are going to be happening in the future we spend very little of our mental time, most of us in the moment, in a neutral state, in the moment, just taking what's showing up and dealing with it. And if any of you are hearing crunching in the background, it is my little dog and he's sitting in my lap che- happily chewing on a rawhide. So I <laughs> apologize for that, that background noise, but, um, he'll be happier if I give it, leave it with him and don't try and take it away from him and make him quiet.
1: <laughs>
0: um, so I'm, I was going to share what I did when I decided that I wanted to take control of my mind because there's, there's a statement that you may or may not have heard. Thoughts are things. And this is a very true statement. When we're having thoughts, we are creating energetically. So it it is really important to know what you want to be thinking and to be thinking what you choose rather than there's a term monkey mind that people use uh, about the 60,000 thoughts and, and how our brains work in a daily from moment to moment and and uh virginia wolf the the author i think she called it stream of consciousness as opposed to monkey mind but if you really pay attention and we we find this we can do it when we're trying to meditate quite often novices meditating will will be very aware of this phenomenon of their Their mind just jumping from one thing to another like a monkey swinging from branch to branch. If you want to really affect change in your world, the first place you can start is with some kind of mind control program. And I don't mean, I mean, there are a lot of external mind control programs that people will think of where other people are trying to control your mind. And that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about you choosing how you're going to spend your mental energy. So I like to start this story with uh, a, a recollection of when I was Involved in a small, uh, not-for-profit, slightly political organization in my community, and I say slightly political because uh, they they're, they would get grant funding, and and you know there's a lot of politics in grant funding as far as I'm concerned anyway, in my experience, and so. Uh, these folks had gotten a bunch of uh, funding from FEMA and then it appeared that they had spent the money on things that looked like the community needed, but then it appeared that many of those things had ended up in personal homes, people's homes. And being someone who really, uh, thinks it's important to do things the right way, I found myself very troubled by all of these interactions, the people and the interactions and what had gotten said and what had gotten done. And I realized that If I woke up in the middle of the night, as you get older, folks, young folks don't necessarily have this issue, but as you get older, quite often, you have to get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom. Well, I get up, but I had to go down a circular staircase to get to the bathroom. And so it's not a matter of just being able to sort of keep your eyes closed and stumble across the hall. I had to really sort of be awake and cognizant of what I was doing so I didn't fall down the circular staircase. And as a result, by the time I got to the bathroom, oh, it's all going on in my head. Woo. Well, and then you get back to bed and now you can't sleep because you, you've you got all this, you know, he said, she said stuff happening. and What's going to happen and who needs to do what? And I realized I needed to really put a stop to that. I hadn't had a situation like that in my life for a while, but this really presented itself in a way that showed me that thoughts are things and I needed to really get a handle on how I wanted to choose to think. Mary, do you have anything you you want to chime in before I move on Um, to what i did um
1: probably i can chime in after but um just right now i will say yes to all of that and i think that a lot of times because thoughts just happen and our brain is churning them out all the time we give them some sort of undue validity like they matter they are us they are true none of those things is true we don't necessarily feel in the beginning like we can influence them but we absolutely can influence them we can dismiss them out of hand if they're full of bs you know um we have a lot more power over our thoughts than we tend to believe and i think that's just because we live in this culture Where the mind is like king, you know. Right. And so now you can say your thing, and then I'll have more to chime in after.
0: Right. No, but you bring up a good point, and it reminds me that we really should touch on this. Sometimes they're not even our thoughts, right? right? Right. If we're out, it and it really depends. I was going to say if we're out in a group of people, but actually for me, it doesn't even have. I don't even have to be somewhere. Because I'm an empath and because I'm connected at other energetic levels, I do pick up other thoughts. So I'll take a sidestep from the other story and just say that on the night of 9-11, the night of 9-10, rather, prior to 9-11, while all those different men were getting on the different airplanes or planning to get to those airports. While all of that was happening, I was in Alaska having a conversation with some people that evening about um, earthquakes and earthquakes, specifically in Los Angeles. We were talking about West coast and we were talking about the mass chaos that would occur if there was a a truly major earthquake uh, anywhere on the east coast or west coast and these words came out of my mouth I said well you know where I wouldn't want to be right now I wouldn't want to be in New York and everybody in the room looked at me like because it was like a non-sequitur it, it had nothing to do with what we were talking about right until the next morning yeah and, and then it had everything to do with what we had been talking about so sometimes our thoughts aren't ours and and it used to be when I would have dreams or thoughts like that that would come into my mind it would really bother me because I I would feel some uh, need to be responsible for it. And, uh, I'll, I'll never forget. I had a dream once, uh, we were driving in the dream. We were driving and in front of us, this car flipped over on its lid. Wow. The next day we were driving and actually the car wasn't in front of us. It was in the other lane coming our way and it flipped on its lid. Wow. Wow. And for a long time, it really, it bothered me because it was like, why did I have that? I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't stop it. And I really, it didn't have anything to do with me. And so sometimes you just have to accept that because we are all energy and everything is one and we're connected, you, you might tap into something that really isn't yours. And there isn't anything for you to do about it. You can just witness it. Um, Now, in the case of the car flipping on its lid, we stopped. We helped to the extent. But I didn't need to have dreamt that ahead of time because I would have stopped and helped anyway. Right. So, again, you know, it's like you can get these things can come through your head. And they may not even be for you. You may just have tapped into that energy. So a way to clear your thoughts is to replace them, the randomness, with something that you choose. And back in 2008 is when I did this. It was kind of interesting. Three people within 24 hours had asked me, Had I seen the movie or read the book, The Secret? And whenever something happens like that, where it's three people within a short period of time, that's sort of the universe tapping you on the shoulder. Like, you know, hello, there's something you need to to get up to speed on. And so I went out and I got a copy of the book and I watched the movie. And again, in that book and in that movie, they make it very clear. Rhonda Byrne makes it very clear. Thoughts are things, right? And we should just des- decide what you want to think because otherwise you are not in your power. You're just, and and I might say you're not in the play because you're you're just allowing the randomness of the energy around you to push you around and to push your brain around, push your mind around. So here's what I did. <clears throat> and I, I have heard from other people who have done this and it's worked for them as well. I decided, okay, if I'm not in the middle of doing a podcast or reading a book or writing a report or something specific where I have to be paying attention, if it's not one of those things and it's just idle time for my brain my brain's going to say and think what I want it to think. And so I got a, a bunch of um, blank business cards. You can buy them you know, for like an inkjet printer or a, a laser printer, and they're all pre-perfed to be the size of a, a business card. You can also use three by five cards. Um, business cards are nice because they're really small and you can stick them in a pocket You can stick them in your wallet. They fit really well. Three by five cards, you have to fold them if you're trying to carry them with you. Uh, Most of the time, pockets aren't quite as big as they need to be for a three by five card. You can write it on scraps of paper. What I did was I took something from the secret. Uh, It's 10 words. I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy and I wrote them on these business cards. And I put them everywhere. I type, I taped them on the mirror in the bathroom. I taped them on my dashboard. I put them in the pocket of every coat I had. I put them in my wallet. I put them in my coin purse and I memorized it. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, I can't do that. You can, it's 10 words, you can. Think about people who engage in plays. They, <laughs> they memorize the entire play, all their lines. In the entire play, they memorize them. So you can, it's, it, it seems daunting at first, but it's not hard. It might take you a couple of days, but when you're building a new habit, if you want to build a new habit, you have to commit to some time. It takes, they say about 30 days to learn a new habit. I think you can do it quicker than that, but in general, that's what science would tell you so if you do this i'll tell you by the end of 30 days not only will you think differently about life but you will probably feel different about life it's important to have words or a saying that you're comfortable with and that you resonate with but you want to be very careful in crafting it because again Whatever you're repeating as a mantra, you're creating. Right. Now, Shaman Durek, who is a sixth generation shaman from Africa, would say, rather than using I am, you should say you are. And in the uh, talk that I attended that he gave, he did an exercise with the audience. And I'll suggest it. We can try it right now. Say, if, you, if you're in a situation where you can speak out loud, and if not, try it later, or just think it. If you say to yourself, I am beautiful, how do you feel? Tune into how you feel in that moment. I am beautiful. Now say, you are beautiful to yourself and see how that feels. Now, what happened at the talk I observed and uh, what I have s- experienced myself is that it's a very, you, you, you get a very different feeling when you say to yourself, you are beautiful. Especially if you look in the mirror and you say it to yourself, the hair will stand up on the back of your neck. You're, you'll get goosebumps. You'll get a wave of of something that you don't get when you say I am beautiful, even if you're looking in the mirror. And so I have redone my saying now and now what I say to myself is you are whole strong. Let's see, I I, I do it so often that I just need to just let go and let it come out. You are whole strong. Now, now now, I'm blocked, right? I'm having a mental block. We'll, of course. Uh, I'll come back. We'll come back to, to the new one. Um, back in 2008, when I did this, I had, uh, after a little while, I got a little tired, not of the words and what they meant, but just of the repetition. And so I added a second one which was, I am God in a physical body. I am spirit in the flesh. I am eternal life expressing itself as me. I am all wisdom. I am all power. I am all intelligence. I am the creator creating the creation of me on this planet. And so what I did was I made the two, I am statements, my mantras, And rather than, and and I know this will not appeal to a lot of people, but it, it is an important tool for acceleration. And what I would suggest is that you try for a while when you're in your car, especially if you have to spend a lot of time in your car, put it to music, put you know, give it a little ditty behind it and sing these mantras, sing them when you're in the car, rather than listening to the radio, rather than listening to news, and maybe even rather than listening to some productive tape. Because in the end, if you spend some time, 30 days or so, engaged in this as an effort, you'll change in such a way that that energy will then carry you forward. You can go back to listening to the radio or productive tapes on, you know, that you listen to or whatever. But if you make this effort, I promise you, you you will experience some magic that you haven't experienced before. When I started doing it, now I have to spend two and a half hours in the car if I want to get anywhere, uh, of significance if I want to go to any kind of a large store I need to drive two and a half hours and so I would sing those mantras all the way both directions and what I would find is that when I got to where I was going and was doing the shopping I needed to do things would just like It was insane. Things would just magically show up or they'd be on sale for, and I don't mean like 10% off. I mean like 90% off it, it unlocks you tap yourself in at a frequency where the universe understands that you understand what's happening here. And all of a sudden this gates of heaven really open up for you and, and life gets a whole lot easier. Mary? I'm not hearing you. You're muted.
1: I muted myself because I was wiggling and I was afraid it would be noisy. So I have lots of things to say now.
0: Good. Take it away.
1: Yeah. Um, Regarding the singing, uh, to me, like when you, when the thing has a rhythm, it's much more memorable and seeps into you more so like I remember poems in Spanish that I memorized in high school because it's a poem and it has a rhythm so I definitely and I sing all the time little ditties I make up so my approach was different than your approach so my approach I I had read the book you can heal your life by Louise Hay right and she talks about the idea that like Think of thoughts like a buffet. When you go to the buffet, you only eat the foods you like. You don't have to eat everything on the buffet just because it's there. Well, your thoughts are the same. They come flitting through your mind. You don't have to hold on to and, you know, love and squeeze every single thought you have. Some of them are like the food at the buffet that you don't like. And you can just dismiss that thought. Right. Fill your plate with the thoughts that you enjoy. And even if you think a thought is true, you can still dismiss it if it's not helpful. Know that. Even if you think with every fiber of your being, whatever horrible thing, I can't even voice the kinds of things I used to think. Um, But even if you think it's true, you don't have to. Right. Let it go to it. Yeah. You can still let it go, so right. that's really important. Yeah, um, and then when you were talking about the I am beautiful versus you are beautiful, um, what I have to say is also from the Louise Hay book. Because when I was doing this work in the beginning, that book was crucial to me right. in terms of learning how to rewire my brain and how I thought about my thoughts and myself and my life and everything. And I highly recommend that book if you are starting out and need a starting place. So one of her exercises is mirror work. And I tell people to do this all the time. And most people don't because it's hard, you know, it's like, and the, the exercise is to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love and approve of myself. Right. And then you, notice what that brings up (laughs) because if you're like most of us that brings up a lot of stuff that does not remotely resemble love or approval right 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 and so it's a great way to just realize some of the thoughts that you're carrying around that are not serving you right um and another thing that i used in the beginning was another exercise from her that was just going about my day thinking the thought I am loving and lovable, right? What if you replace whatever else you're thinking in your head with I am loving and lovable and you go out into the world with that energy? Well, right. I can tell you right now, it made a world of difference in how it felt walking down seventh avenue in brooklyn you know right i i had like conversations with strangers and things it was just the energy it was it was different and it was beautiful and so it was just a way of realizing that i do program my day based on the energy of my thoughts and my feelings and what i'm projecting so I never had like your specific kind of mantra that you did, but I did. And her chapters, every single chapter in that book kind of ends or begins with a sort of prayer that right. says in the infinity of life, where I am all is perfect, whole and complete. Right. And then from there it goes on to like, I have all the money I need, or I'm beautiful. I'm intelligent, whatever so but i've always remembered in the infinity of life where i am all is perfect whole and complete
0: um that's a good one and it really it's a good one especially for people who are dealing with compassion fatigue yeah exactly yeah.
1: and if all is perfect whole and complete so am i right, right. you know so that was really helpful for me and just Just being aware that I have a choice and uh, I have a friend on Facebook, you're friends with her too, who Dina Lynn, when she gets into some kind of negative thought pattern about something says, so these are assumptions, what else is possible? Right. You know, and you don't then go make a list of what else is possible. Because the point is to get you out of your mental assumption place. So you go, oh, look, assumptions. Open up to all the other possibilities. And ain't it lovely? And, you know, um, oh, I had something else and I just lost it. These are assumptions. It's like, as long as we're just letting that galloping horse of our thoughts run our life, Right. We are just, you know, being, there was a play once called Being Blown Sideways Through Life. <laughs> um, and once we start realizing that our thoughts are incredibly powerful. And for me, it wasn't the secret. It was what the bleep do we know. Right. Um it's, there's so much more, you know, we have this mechanical view of the universe. Right. That's the scientific mechanical view, but the energetic view is what we're coming to understand more and talk about. Right. And the demonstration that they did in that movie is like, you know, we talk about a, a motor and you take it apart and put it together and it runs on fuel and blah, blah, blah. But then you take a magnet and you put these steel shavings down and what happens you can't see what happens but you see the energy of the magnet attracts the shavings or you know they can also repel like right. the the polarization of the ends right. of the magnet right so it's just opening up to the fact that there is all this stuff that we can't and that's our thoughts is part of that.
0: Exactly. And,
1: exactly. And they program not just our behavior, but they do, but how we relate to the world and how the world
0: relates to us. Right. Right. And and they contribute to the experience that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. You you uh, you touched on something. Uh back in the 80s, I did, I was doing a lot of metaphysical work and uh, I was working with telekinesis and I got to a point where I could move things on a table and, uh, you know, not big things. I moved a piece of paper and I moved a pencil with mm-hmm. my mind. and at the time it i mean i knew i could do it that's uh-huh. why i did it it's how i did it and at the same time after i proved it to myself i stopped that practice because for the life of me i couldn't quite see what the point was okay so i can do that but but why would i be doing that it didn't i don't know i had to let it go it really part of it just showed our power to me in such a way that I realized I wasn't ready, I guess, to, to wield that power. See, we all have it. Everybody can do it. Yeah. Just have to practice. Wow. But again, with the right intention that might be a useful thing, but with the wrong intention, it could be really destructive. And so, you know, I recognized my humanness and I was like, you know what? I can, I'll put this away. Now I've proved to myself it exists. I've proved that I can do it. But to me, controlling the energy of my own thoughts is way more important than learning how to move a piece of paper or a piece of pencil or do something out in the world with a hocus pocus kind of way. Yeah, Because in the end, all of this out here is, is pretty much an illusion. And so what really matters is what's happening inside.
1: I find that kind of thing useful in terms of like when I almost knock my glass over and I'm able to catch it or it bobbles into place. Or, and maybe I shouldn't mention this one, maybe it's TMI thing. But like when you flush the toilet and it's not going as much as you want it to, and I just sort of urge it and it works, you know? Right, right. So it's not as dramatic as your thing, but that's what I find useful is, and it's just the same thing. It's intention. Right. I direct the energy of my intention towards the physical thing and nine times out of 10, you know? Or like when you're throwing your trash across the room to the trash can. <laughs> yeah,
0: make it go in. Yeah, yeah. And, and to that extent, you know, I used that power today because when I got here, uh, the building that I'm in has uh, it has a propane heater. But then it also has a propane fireplace mm-hmm. and it's winter in Alaska and it's snowy and cold and I wanted the fireplace on. The heat was on and so but it was still fairly cold in the building yeah well the fireplace was having a little bit of an issue today and so you know I just a stood there tantrum. Huh? yeah it was having a temper tantrum and so I just stood there and I talked to it and I put my hand on it and I rubbed it and I said you know You can fix this. You can figure it out. You can overcome whatever it is that's keeping you from lighting correctly. And you know, took two or three tries, but it it's working now. I can hear it in the background. Yeah. Um. It's keeping us toasty warm.
1: Yep. I always try sweet talking the things.
0: Absolutely. Well, and that's the you know that's the other thing. This is a little off tangent, but everything has consciousness at some level. Yeah. It's all made out of the same stuff. Yeah. And you're conscious to the everything, energy. everything. It all, it's all contributing to our experience here. When things go missing, it's, you know, there, there's an energetic imprint behind that. When things show up, there's an energetic imprint. I had a friend in Scotland once that was sitting at his desk and something needed a tool a very specific tool to do something and all of a sudden he looks in the mug of pens that's sitting on his desk and there's the (laughs) tool he needs although he has never seen that tool before he has no idea where that tool came from Mm -hmm. you know i remember back uh when i needed a hip replacement my first hip replacement and, you know, in Alaska, you're very limited on doctors. There's not a lot of choices. And the first doctor I had seen, he was an orthopedic surgeon, but he was primarily a knee guy, not a hip guy. And it really, s- silly me, but it seemed important to me that I get a hip guy, not a knee guy. And I'd been calling around and calling around I'm sitting in my vehicle one day and I needed to use a pen and I reached down and there's this pen in my car and I'm use it. And then I look at this pen because I really don't know where this pen came from. And Mm -hmm. on this pen, it said Alaska joint Institute. I didn't know there was an Alaska joint Institute. No one had said, oh, why don't you check at the Alaska Joint Institute? And I have no idea how that pen got there. I had no idea. Yeah. And yet there it is, the universe telling me, giving me the, you know, the yellow brick in the road to yeah. here, go this way. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, found a fantastic surgeon, did both my hips. Uh and, you know, I, I don't even know today when I walk around that I have metal in me and hardware and all of that. And yet, um, and yet I'm pretty bionic from the, from the way. <laughs> so,
1: and part of it is just we have to pay attention to those things and listen.
0: Right. Because
1: another thing with the whole um, mind, you know, Mind being king, and in a way we're talking about that with controlling our thoughts. Sorry, I have a cough drop. But, um, the elevating of the mental over everything right. is that we kind of had trained our kids not to listen to those weird little urgings and things. And we've told them that things aren't real, that are real. Right. You tell them, you know, you can't know that when they do know it. Right. So part of it is just if you've been conditioned away from listening to those urgings, you have to learn how to do that again Right, and validate them, like trust the validity. Like a little example, recently, you know, I had got this rose quartz rose. It's carved in the shape of a rose that I love so much. And then I was sitting there and it was by the head of my bed, I was lying in my bed. And it's like, I think I have to give that rose to my brother's girlfriend who is suffering from an illness. And I'm like, I don't want to give her that rose. I love that rose. I love that rose. I want to keep it. And it's like, no, no, the rose is adamant. That rose was adamant that I had to give it to Carrie. Right. And I did because like, you got to listen to it.
0: Right, right. I also
1: contacted the woman I ordered it from and confirmed that I could order another one. And I did. Right. <laughs> but like I was talking to my brother about it because she also has a heart, like anatomically correct hearts that they were doing for Valentine's Day. And my brother's having heart issues. And I kept feeling like I needed to get him that heart. And so I asked him, you know, do you want this thing? Cause it was a little pricey and I wasn't sure. And he's like, he didn't want to say yes, but it came clear through the few answers of the questions that yes, he really would like it. So, so I got that for him. It's not here yet.
0: But the point
1: is, yes, I listen to crystals when they say, give me to so-and-so, mm-hmm. you know, or they say, come take me home. Right. You, need me, you know, right. So, and it's not only crystals, it's like, everything has energy, everything is made from the energy. Well, Reiki, you know, he is the life energy that's, even if things don't seem alive, like a bookshelf, well, those trees were alive once. And right. even if it's plastic, well, you know, dinosaurs were alive. And the metal, right. I mean, everything, right. there's nothing right. that we have, you know, we make things that are synthetic or whatever but ultimately there's nothing in existence that we created out of nothing that's impossible right right it's all got that to a greater or lesser extent you know Right. Right. easier to talk to a crystal than you know a mouse for your computer
0: well and at the same time though if you were to take a piece of any of those things and put them under the strongest microscope they all look the same right they all have the same frequency at that level so you know um we are all one i wanted we were we're talking about the mind a lot and i wanted to just remind everybody that we really have three brains we have this mind brain that we think is really running everything but really we have a heart brain and we have a gut brain yeah and when we're balanced when those three are balanced is when we're going to be having the best experience the most harmonious experience moving through life when you're totally out of balance if you're just always listening to your gut and you're never listening to the you know logic or if you're always listening to your heart or if you're always listening to logic and they're not listening to your heart or your gut, then you're in some kind of imbalance. So one of the things we want to do is really help ourselves in as a self-care thing to bring ourselves into a trifecta of balance between those three brains. And really the way to do that, the simplest I believe is to learn how to be in the moment and to and, and you have to you have to have done some work to tune into your body a lot of people they don't want to be tuned into their body because their body's telling them things they don't want to hear and and so we have to make peace with that
1: also also society gives us a whole lot of messages about our bodies and then we internalize all these horrible thoughts about ourselves. Right. And so we also have all of that that we don't want to hear. Right. And this, this feeds into one of my pet peeves. I don't know. You might have seen the post I made on Facebook about it. There's these commercials that's like, you know, what did you get when you lost the weight? I got my smile back. I got, you know, whatever. Right. And I'm like, What do you think you might get if you give up on the idea that there's something wrong with you that you can fix by losing the weight? And, you know, I got my smile back. I got my sense of wholeness as a human being. I got my unconditional love for myself. Even if I eat too many cookies, I got the ability to share pictures of myself in my fun clothes, even if I look chubby, because you know what? I'm chubby. Eh, there it is, it's right? Like, sorry, it's just a pet peeve because it's one way in which, even though we've let go of so much, so much baggage, we're all still carrying that around. And it hides right. under the guise of health a lot because we're told that if we're chubby, we're unhealthy, even though it's not always true, sometimes it's true. And I'm not gonna say I'm 100% healthy. And you know, but like the tyranny there's a real tyranny around what our bodies are supposed to look like and be like. Right. And you know?
0: Right. Body image is a, a body image is really something that that we shouldn't deal, have to deal with. But society has made it so that uh, people, I mean, a lot of people commit suicide because of the housing that they're in, the costume that they're in. Yep. It's it's a sad state of affairs.
1: And seriously, that's where that exercise I love and approve myself approve of myself can really make magic. Right. If you are willing to sit with the discomfort that comes up. That's the other thing why we don't want to sit with our housing. It's uncomfortable a lot of the time. Right. And I was thinking about this because I grew up in you know, Southern California where contrary to what we might tell you it doesn't really get that cold. And then I was living in New York and it was like super cold and I was like whimpering at the idea of going out. And my roommate was like it's cold. You'll be uncomfortable. It's not going to kill you. And I was like (laughs) Oh, it was like a light bulb went on. Like the idea that being uncomfortable was akin to death. And that's totally an ego programming. Thing. Right. That's a, that I was going to say, us, that's you know? the ego for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that this is all stuff that if you want to be able to say and believe your mantra, which I won't try to repeat, or my thing from Louise in the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete, including me. Right. We need to deal with the stuff that is counter to that. Right. You know, I guess that's what they call shadow work, right? We need to deal with all the ways in which we've been led to believe, and that goes back to where you started, Linda, that there's something wrong here. Right. You know, and there's nothing wrong here. Right. Or with us.
0: And and I want to touch on something that Matt Kahn was teaching recently, which is that there's a notion that when we know there are things that are that that need work within ourselves, we think that we can't become who we want until we do that work. Right. And that's not true. No. That's not true. Um, just be who you want yeah and and you know there's this move we we don't talk about it a lot in our conversations but we are moving uh from third dimension to fifth dimension and and that energetic shift is changing a lot of things and it's also undoing a lot of very standard spiritual teachings and one of the spiritual teachings is that you have to do all this work on yourself. Well, you don't, you don't, you can, you can step into who you truly are in any moment. And that work will happen without effort. It will resolve itself without effort. Once you start believing it. Exactly. Exactly. That's what the problem is. Right. Right. So I I think I have the new mantra that I'm using in my head. I'm going to give it a shot. You are whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, happy, generous, wise, kind, grateful, and in service. And so that is the tape that I run in my mind when I'm idle. And I also run it, I run it at night when I'm laying in bed. Uh, I also use, I think I've shared this, but I use, I am safe, you are safe, I am safe, safe I am, you are safe, safe you are, we are safe. And I use that in the evening. And then if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll use the other one because I'm already in a safety mode at that point. I understand I'm safe. I'm just awake. And I don't want my mind to go off starting to think on things because then that's how you'll wake yourself up. Yeah. Starting to think on things. So that's when I'll pull the other one and I'll run that one. You are whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, happy, generous, wise, kind, grateful, and in service. And that's uh, numerologically in tuned, by the way, as well. I think it's an eleven. Um, but find what works for you. Yes. Find what resonates with you. Yes. And if you need help, reach out because uh, I have, you know, I have volumes of uh, phrases yeah. that can that can be that are very <laughs> powerful. You know, for example, the phrase, I am God in expression, is a 99, which is the highest frequency number uh, of the master numbers, which reduces to a nine, which is then the highest frequency of the single numbers. Very powerful numbers. So very powerful statement. I am God in expression. Yeah, you can and Linda say has that lots to yourself. of these. I, yeah. I am
1: familiar with her list, and <laughs> it's a great resource. Right. I just, I wanted to say a couple of other things, which is oh shoot, never mind. You no, go ahead. No, it, go ahead. I, I, it left me. Oh. Um, I got it. Okay. Okay. So I don't I don't have like a mantra thing like you do all the time. That's not right. how I went about this. Um, but I did want to say, like, if people say they can't memorize it, well do what you did and write it everywhere and then you won't right. have to memorize write it. Write it on your hand. Yeah, and eventually it'll come up, make a tattoo. (laughs) Right, right. But um, the other thing is, a thing that I started out with a lot in the beginning when I was reprogramming my relationship with life, let's call it that. I love life, life loves me. We're a happy family. Sung like a little child song. I love life, life loves me. I think it's the Barney song. We're a happy family. Right. And it can be just that silly or it can be like yours are more sort of grown up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's whatever works for you. Right. And it's just a matter of shifting the focus of your brain. Right. And if you do have a lot of those negative thoughts churning around in there or just not even negative necessarily, but like useless and pointless right just replacing them with something or nothing i mean i personally have done a lot of meditation stuff and i'm pretty good at being in the moment and i'm pretty good at like not but i also you know i make up songs about everything as i go about my day so like when i'm making coffee in the morning i'm not thinking about other things i'm like singing a song about Life is better with a latte, with a latte in my hand. Just an example, you know, right. like it's, right. it's not like your kind of total mantra thing, but it does the same thing, which is,
0: it's about what you're focusing on. Right. And, and adding song to it is a really important aspect because the universe perks up. The frequency of song makes everything around you pay attention. They're singing. Joseph Campbell, the famous uh, anthropologist, I believe was the correct title, uh, once said that left to our own devices, all we want to do is sing and dance. Yeah. And, and, And that's why. Because singing and dancing is the most joyful expression that human beings have. Yeah. And when we're being joyful, everything around us, because there is that level of conscious connection, energetically, everything around us yes. is going to be happy. Because, look, she's singing and dancing. Yeah. And right? their
1: energy dances with us. We just most right. of the time don't notice. Right. Right absolutely right. true right and you know think about all those religions that tell people not to sing and dance right like a, sorry i'm taking us off on a tangent and it's almost time to end this but you know it's relevant to the control aspect of things um, right. right
0: yeah so let's just say uh in our conversations when the word religion comes up you can substitute the word control because that is the effect that re- modern day, modern day religion is having. Yes. It's giving people community, but more than that, it is a form and method of control of yeah. our thoughts and behaviors. And so you really want to uh, double check what's going on. If, um, if you're uh you're devoutly religious because there's a good chance you've been misled and told a whole lot of myths about life that really aren't true. Um, I think we, and I'm not going to get into it because we only have three minutes left and I want to do the wrap. but um, we saw a great example of the difference between uh, a, a one look at, life and the approach of life and another look at life and the approach to life when we saw the state of the union and the rebuttal the rebuttal was a religious rebuttal and it was very doom and gloom and it's designed to control and scare people and manipulate them through fear and the whole nation got to see it this last week how many people recognize that that's what was happening i don't know but, uh, uh, and, and, and God help us <laughs> for the ones that, you know, that resonate with the rebuttal, because yeah. there wasn't a moment of truth in it that I, that I could see. And,
1: and I just want to throw one more thing out there about dancing and singing, because you're, we're talking about how religion is about control and, you know, a lot of economic systems are also about control. And right. once upon a time, I read the autobiography of Emma Goldman famous anarchist and um, I had a button that said if I can't dance I don't want to be a part of your revolution it's the right. same thing they were right. trying to control her right freedom of joyous expression right you right. know anybody who's trying to control our freedom of joyous expression they're the bad guys <laughs> just
0: well, clear they they're, they're <laughs> just they're they're just uh, marching to a different energy for sure
1: They're marching to a different energy and they should stay out of my energy.
0: (laughs) So we're going to wrap up for the day. And um, I want to let everybody know the next podcast, our next opportunity is going to be March 10th. So if all goes well, we'll see you back here on March 10th. Uh, In the meantime, let's, uh, uh, where did I have a graphic? I wanted to just real quick read the, um, read the image, the information from this graphic. So there's 10 things uh, to help with compassion fatigue. And I just gonna run through them real quick as a way to uh, wrap us up. Reducing stressful workloads, right? It's all about self-care ultimately. Monitoring your sleep patterns, making sure you're getting good sleep. Good sleep is essential to all health. Stress and anxiety management practices right? So things that you can do to relieve some of the stress. Seeking therapy is is not an unheard of thing. And you can do that if you need it. And and you should feel no, uh, you know,
1: discomfort
0: in that or shame. Regular exercise, meditation, taking a break from work. Maybe you need a vacation. Practicing self-compassion and self-care. Cultivate healthy friendships outside of work really important, and build your resiliency. Um, so with that, I think we'll go ahead and close for the day. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate everyone that viewed uh, for a while. We didn't have any participation today, which is always sad for us, but um, you can always reach out after the fact, either to myself at one nine zero seven three five one three zero zero three or 351 3003 or at marylaughsloud uh, Mary at gmail.com. So until next next month March 10th namaste and much love bye